Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As we are back, we are going to continue to roll through the mailbag questions today. If you didn't catch up with yesterday's episode, uh, we spoke about the front office. We had a bunch of questions about John Horst, about the owners, and of course, what Bucks fans at the moment Definitely want to talk about, and that is blame and where it should be for the Bucks exiting the playoffs early. Uh, we went through that conversation a little bit, uh, maybe veered off track a little bit, Frank, as we always do. All right, it's time for a Chris Milton conversation, Frank. And we have, over the last week or so, two weeks since the Bucks season ended, we've discussed uh, the cap situation for Milwaukee. We've discussed uh, certainly you know what you can do with uh, some of those contracts that potentially you could move and bring in uh, some of the players that you think you might need or the skill sets that you think you might need uh, to boost the bucks but we have a question from alan Giannis who says should middleton be untouchable in trade talks now i think we've always sort of spoke about the bucks regardless of who it is and really have just said well there's really only one guy that's untouchable on the bucks roster and that's obviously Giannis." Uh, until such time where he maybe put his foot down and said, get me the hell out of here, I'm leaving. And you started to get nervous and think, well, we maybe we should get something for Giannis. Even still, I'm not sure whether you would do that. But Giannis is the only one that's untouchable on the roster. But when you hear that question or when someone asks you whether Chris Middleton should be untouchable, where does your, where does your mind go, Frank? I think the term untouchable is like super overused by fans talking about teams. I think... Untouchable is is often used to refer to players who um, are super unlikely to be traded, but it's not because um, you would never be willing to trade them. It's more because everybody knows just the circumstances that would lead you to you know be willing to give them up are just not that high, or they're just unlikely to come around. And I think that's the situation with Chris. I mean, we are obviously Chris Middleton fans. We advocated for signing him, even though we also said he was, you know, going to be nominally overpaid in doing so. Um, and, you know, you look moving forward, as good as Chris was this year, he's 29 and he's owed four years and $147 million over the next four years. So, um, you know, what does that fetch you in the open market? Um, I mean, I'm sure it could get you a great player, uh, but it's not going to be like a young up and coming player. Um, you know, like Phoenix isn't giving up Devin Booker if you're like a Devin Booker fan or something like that, right? Um, you know, could you get like a CJ McCollum type player? Quite possibly, but I don't think CJ McCollum is better than Chris Middleton either. I haven't felt that even before Chris Middleton had an all NBA caliber season last year. I think CJ is actually kind of overrated, especially by fans who don't watch him or don't realize that he's not nearly as efficient as you might think he is. But, um, so I think there's a lot of like, you know, kind of 
lateralish potential moves you could make, which I don't think necessarily even really swing you in the positive direction. And then, um, you know, again, moves that would you swing you in the right direction. I just don't know that any of those teams would, would want Chris at, at given his price point and, uh, and his age. So, um, so it's, again, I, I would definitely not say that Chris is untouchable. Um, but is there a, a set of events that would lead you to actually have a trade being offered that would really make sense? I just don't really think that. And I think the other piece of it too, is just the fit. Um, I was talking with some DMing with some, some folks on Twitter about, um, you know, what if, what if Philly, you know, there's always talk now with Jantoni maybe going to Philly, like, and, and is Joel Embiid potentially going to be far more gettable on the trade market than ever before. And someone threw out the idea of, well, is, would you do Embiid for, for Chris, something like that, right? Just like a thought experiment. And it's interesting because, I mean, I think Joel Embiid is just objectively a more valuable basketball player in an abstract sense than Chris Middleton. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather build a team around Joel Embiid. But for the Milwaukee Bucks, do I think that, you know, getting Joel Embiid is somehow some, you know, magical thing? A, if the Sixers are willing to trade Joel Embiid, what does that say about his health potentially, right? Like, cause you know, there's obviously always the concern that if Philly wants to move him, then do they know something about his long-term prognosis that, that, you know, other teams don't. Um, and just beyond that, you know, I think improving, you know, getting a better version of Brooke Lopez is not really what I would say is the path the Bucks need to follow to, to win a championship. I think the future version of the Bucks that is better probably is playing Giannis at center a lot more. And so any big man is probably going to be less necessary. And, you know, the idea of, of you're going to upgrade on Brooke to me is, is probably not the way that you're going to do that. So, um, you know, having a guy like Chris who, you know, again, maybe he's not a lead guard, right. That might be the one, the one type of player that would be more valuable is, you know, a true lead guard that could, you know, score and run pick and roll and shoot off the dribble and, and do that kind of stuff. But um, other than that, you know, kind of a wing who can, um, handle it a bit, run, pick and roll, pull off, pull up off the dribble and, and be, you know, again, we don't think of a lot of people don't think of Chris as like a shot creator, but I mean, he can go get buckets, right? I mean, um, uh, he, he may not be, you know, elite, elite or anything like that, but he's really damn good. And he was an all NBA caliber player this year. So, uh, so yeah, I think the, the long and short of it is I don't see Chris Middleton going anywhere. We know Giannis is obviously a big fan of Chris. He's one of his guys and I think they fit really well together. Um, so, uh, you know, I just don't see the scenario of him getting traded, but uh, is there some scenario that could come along? I, I guess. Um, but I, I just don't think you're going to be able to get the kind of player that you'd want to, to part with Chris. I think the piece he, he's going to be valued by the bucks more highly than I think another team would value him. And that's not to say other teams wouldn't value him. I just um, think he makes more sense in Milwaukee. You mentioned a couple of names there, and we have a bunch of questions that uh, reference a couple of these players. So uh, Jimmy Sanchez asked about CJ McCollum. Uh, Crisco Sol asked about Dame Dollar. Now, uh, Damian Lillard, um, I, I, don't, I, I just, I mean, Portland, I just can't see that franchise ever trading that guy. Um, he's been uh, loyal to them right from the start. So I, I just wouldn't even really entertain any type of Lillard trade from Portland. But McCollum, obviously, the one you mentioned, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Bucks could probably get McCollum. 
The other one that Bucks fans are always perennially interest, interested in is Bradley Beal. Uh, now, the interesting thing about CJ McCollum and Beal is that uh, they're free agents at the end of 2021. Uh, so both of those guys, and it's kind of funny to think about this, but both CJ McCollum and uh, Bradley Beal earning significantly less than Chris Middleton. So could you organize a deal? Probably. Would those teams want to take on Chris Middleton's salary, uh, which runs all the way through to the end of 2023-24? He's got a $40 million player option for 2024. So would those teams want to take on that salary? So would there be... And and again, we have to keep in mind that the relationship that Giannis has with Chris as well, um, and and clearly he would have to be pretty heavily involved in any of these decisions. But when the Bucs looking at how long-term they can improve the roster. I think when I look at it, I say, okay, well, what you need to do is move whatever else you need to and get a ball handler to go with Chris Milton to be your 2A or 2B, and then Giannis, obviously, the the head of the snake. Would there be any interest or, uh, I guess, uh, temptation to say, well, at least if we did trade uh, Chris Milton for those guys, we'd have plenty of cap space, or do you just sit there and say, well, it's Milwaukee anyway. We're not going to be a huge players in the free agency market. Uh, of course, this would be dependent on signing Giannis to an extension. Time for a quick note about our friends over at Built Bar, of course, home of the best tasting protein bar ever made. It's new and improved. 18 amazing flavors now. They've gone from the 12 original They've added six new flavors that include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, among others, and the old favorites with mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond. There's plenty. I could keep going, but I'm not going to. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Of course, you know they are great for the health-conscious guy. I'll be getting stuck into the Built Bars in just about an hour or so here before I go for a Friday afternoon run. The best thing about them is that they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for those that are on the keto diet. Uh, of course, let me spell this out for you, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. You'll get $10 off your next order. Well, I mean, Bill signed an extension through 2023, so he's he's a couple years younger, and he's got you know he's got that long term contract. So that's obviously. Well, I don't know what I'm looking at then. Oh, I see upcoming contract. Please, yeah, please, please, yeah, please exactly. He, he was he was gonna he was gonna be expiring, but but yeah, he, he ended up extending, you know, going get getting that cash. So, um, I mean, that obviously makes him very appealing. Um, but again, is is Brad Beal? Um, First off, like what what is the incentive for the Wizards to trade Brad Beal for an older player that, you know, they, I mean, you can argue Bradley Beal is better than Chris Middleton. You can argue Middleton is a better overall player just because of defensive factors than than Beal. Um, you know, I, again, I, I don't think, to be honest, I, I don't think Beal changes like the result of the second round playoff series um, that the Bucks just had. Um, so, you know, again, I, to me, in 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 kind of an objective sense, if I'm a random team, I'd probably take Beal, um, just because of age, uh, and you know, again, just his bucket getting. Uh, especially we saw this year. I mean, the guy averaged 30 points a game. Granted, a lot of crap, crap team, but um, you know, he's a really good player. Uh, so, 
on a, again, on a, in, in a vacuum, um, I'll take Beal over Middleton probably, but again, for the Bucks, what they're trying to do, the importance of kind of having a two-way player. And again, Beal is less of that. Um, you know, there's an argument for keeping Chris. And again, I just, I, I don't see why the Wizards would want Middleton unless you're giving up, you know, multiple additional assets beyond that probably. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really see it. And I mean, like Dame, for instance, um, I, I would agree. I, I just, he's some people sometimes bring him up, but I, I just, I don't see, I mean, to, to get Damian Lillard, I think some team would have to give up, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's a Paul George to Oklahoma city type from, from Oklahoma city type hall. Yeah. Um, but it would, it would have to be a huge amount. Cause again, I mean, the Blazers, I think the Blazers feel like they're pretty damn good and they could compete next year if they're all healthy. So I don't see them having much incentive to, to try to trade a guy who obviously is the heart and soul of that team and hasn't indicated any interest in, in leaving. Um, so I don't, I don't really see, um, see that happening. And who, who was the other person that wasn't there one other guy that, that, that was mentioned? Yeah, Sorry, the other, and, and by the way, let me just say, CJ McCollum signed an extension as well. So I don't know what I'm looking at at spot track here, but for anyone that's listening to me, listen to that original spiel I had and was just like, what the hell is he on about? You're 100% correct. Uh, I think the, the point, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what am I? I've been podcasting. I've been doing too many podcasts, Frank. But the uh, the, the point of that that you make anyway is like, do, does it actually make you a better team swapping those guys straight up? I think that's why when we look at, uh, adding anyone to the box, we try and keep Giannis and Chris together um, because if not, it feels like a sideways move at absolute best. Uh, the other player I mentioned was Victor Oladipo, who you know again, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, I, I am not trading Chris. I wouldn't touch Victor him. Oladipo, no way, Jose. And yeah. uh, with the injuries he's had, and simply, I, I mean, I, again, I just don't think he's as good a player as Chris Milton, and wouldn't really make a lot of sense for this team. Yeah, I, I, I think those are the two the two points there uh, you know a the injuries and we just um we just didn't see i think the quality from him um this year coming back from that injury that would make you very confident uh, in giving up a ton of assets for him because he's also going to be an expiring contract right and he's uh, another guy that there's been all these rumors about you know is he long for for indiana um once that contract is up, would he sign an extension and all these kind of different things? And so he's going to be a very interesting guy to watch um, because uh, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that we just don't know if he's going to be the same type of player uh, that he was pre-injury. You know, that was a pretty severe injury and, you know, he's had a number of injuries at this point and you just worry that, you know, is, is, can he get back to to kind of the level that he was at previously? Uh, And, and, yeah, and if he's expiring and he's potentially got eyes on other destinations, then um, you know, are, are you going to basically take a, uh, a a really good sidekick for Giannis and trade him for if if, if we're still talking about trading uh, Chris for for Oladipo, you're going to trade him for Oladipo and then potentially lose him in a year. Uh, I mean, that would be just devastating. So, um, I, I mean, I think the operative question the Bucks should be looking at this summer is, you know, how do you, how do you cash in anything that you do have in your asset, um, in your asset column for uh, another high level player who can be, you know, that third piece that really takes pressure off of Giannis and Chris in the playoffs. And, you know, I think 
Drew Holiday is probably Drew Holiday might be the best player. I mean, you could argue Chris Paul, though. I think I'm I'm not really even thinking about Paul much. It's based on you know what our friend Eric reported at the Athletic um, around maybe you know, Giannis not really wanting to play with Paul. Um, so it, that just kind of thing makes it a moot point. But you know, of guys that I could at least see there being an angle for. Um, again, I think it would be really hard to get Holiday, just given the lack of assets the Bucks have and the the fact that I think the Pelicans probably feel like they don't need to, you know, trade away their their good veterans. They can kind of try to win now and and sort of have their cake and cake and eat it too. But he's at least you could at least tell you could you know if you told me that in a you know next by next trade deadline Drew Holiday was traded, I would not be shocked at all by that. Um, and so, you know, is there any way the Bucks could get in there with, for instance, an unprotected pick in the future? That seems like it at least could be possible. Would it be advisable? You know, we can debate that. But, um, but that to me is the question is not, you know, how do you rearrange the deck chairs? Um, but it's, you know, how do you add uh, another, you know, high level talent to this team? And especially, you know, can you do it in a way where, you know, you're, maybe not upgrading from Eric Bledsoe in the regular season, but can you get a guy that you'd feel confident would give you a, a higher end piece in the playoffs? Um, which maybe isn't a very high bar, unfortunately with Eric, but, um, but anyway, that, that would be my mindset. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. We have basically got through the questions. There's more trickling through uh, as the days go on. So we'll just continue to roll through them as we get nearer and nearer to the draft. But the one thing I will throw at you before we uh, really wrap this up, pick 24, and we'll certainly have more episodes where we go closer into detail in terms of uh, prospects that might be in that range. Uh, I was actually chatting with Sam Vecini this morning and talking about a couple of guys uh, there. I mean, it's not supposed to be an extremely deep draft. And unfortunately for the Bucks, the way things panned out uh, with the seeding games, that pick was for a stretch looking like it could be around 16, 17, and then ended up at 24. So it hasn't exactly worked well for Milwaukee if they were looking to trade or draft a player, I guess this is difficult to answer because it's going to tie into what trades are potentially on the table. But we spoke about the Bucks' drafting capabilities. Would you be uh, just, you know, with, with everything that we know right now, uh, would you want to draft a, a young player in? Because I, I kind of sit back and I look at it and I'm like, well, the first round pick is one of the only assets you have. Uh, do I have any faith that you're actually going to draft a difference maker with pick 24 anyway? I mean, not really. Uh, so I'm like, listen, if there's a trade there and you need to attach that, then it, you don't have much of a choice. It's, you haven't got much else. Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously that, that pick will be on the table as the Bucks think about, you know, can they make a move for another quality player? And, and I think we all know, you know, you're not, you're probably not getting a, a, a really good point guard uh, for just trading so <laughs> straight up, right? You're, you're going to have to put something in there and um, you know, the bucks don't have a lot they can put in there, but this year's first round pick um, probably the 2024 pick and Dante are probably the, the obvious pieces. So what has more value you could. if I asked you and you had to say Dante DiVincenzo will pick 24? I would say, Mm, that's a good Tough. question. Yeah. This, the, the the weakness of this year's draft probably would make me say Dante. Um, mm-hmm. I think it depends also on the team. If it's a bad team, then they may just say, "Give me the pick." Um, a good team, you know, I think that that I think Dante's value is is higher on a good team where he's you know playing with with good players and 
Um, you know, I don't, I think throwing on a bad team uh, where he's got to do more than, you know, maybe he was cut out to do, I think wouldn't really get the most out of him. So, um, so I don't know, that, that might be my, my thought on that, that, that Dante would have more value than, than that pick. But I think the Bucks also would value Dante more highly than that pick yeah. at this point, you know, just cause they, they know what he is and, you know, they like obviously how he, how he fits into things. So um, yeah, I, and I, I don't, I really don't have much thoughts on, on this year's draft. It's kind of funny. The only guy that like randomly I've like just stumbled across um, and I'm curious if, if you have talked about him at all and I don't, I've gotten this, I can't get the, I, I, I don't get, I don't have a clear picture of where he's going to go. I've heard some indication that he might go much earlier, but then I've seen some indication that he would be potentially available later in the first round is um, Tyrell Terry. Is that his name? Stanford mm. point guard. Who's like an awesome shooter, but kind of small or kind of not, not necessarily short, but he's, he's very light, um, which again, doesn't really fit the Bucks profile of the kind of guys that they have gone after. You know, they generally go after guys that they can count on being two way players. Um, but I don't know. I would like to have a point guard that um, yeah. is like a threat to shoot from anywhere. Um, and that seems to be kind of Tyrell Terry's MO. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's the best player that could be available at 25. Cause I don't have a clue really uh, relative to other guys, but um, you know, again, is there some way that you can add um, you can add a, a guard, like a playmaking type guard? Uh, I think especially, I think part of the, this whole thing is like, you know, when the bucks are heading towards draft night, I think part of the calculus as well is going to be, do they think Giannis is signing an extension or not? Right. If he's not signing an extension, then I think you're probably going to be a lot more aggressive uh, shopping that pick to try to get better next year uh, versus, um, you know, if, if, if you think he is, then you're probably, you know, willing to be a little more patient, especially if Giannis is aligned to that. Um, and again, you can argue that's stupid because you have a title window right now. Why are you not going for it? But you know, Giannis presents some interesting, an interesting decision just because he's not old, right? He's not 31, 32. I mean, you know, you potentially do have an extended window to compete with him. So you have to be at least open to, you know, you, ha- you can't just mortgage everything for next year unless you think that you need to do that to keep him, right? Uh, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting challenge kind of the Bucks have there. Um, and I think the other option too, as far as trading the pick, you know, do you talk to teams that have younger players who are maybe um, on uh, the tail ends of their rookie deals? And, you know, maybe those teams are wary of, of sinking big money into them for, for one reason or another or whatever it might be. You know, I think Derek White from the Spurs is kind of one of those guys. You know, again, if he was a superstar upside guy, then, you know, no one would be talking about him even being remotely considered for a trade in the first place. But, you know, on a Spurs team, they've already committed pretty big money to DeJounte Murray as their kind of starting point guard. Um, you know, White can fit in there even with Murray. So it's not like, you know, they have to move them or something like that. But, um, but you know, at least there'd be a potential that maybe there's some scenarios where you could, could move for a guy like that if you offered up enough going the other way. Um, you know, Luke Kennard, right, was talked about last trade deadline. Kennard is not a point guard, um, but he is a, a surprisingly good pick and roll guy and a great shooter. Um, some concerns around his knees, which doesn't make you feel great. Um, but he's another guy who's going to be, um, you know, going to be owed a new contract pretty soon. 
And so, you know, if you're a team like the Pistons, like what, what is Luke Kennard's future there? Is, is he a guy that, you know, you want to make part of your long-term core? That's an obvious question. Um, you know, would I take Luke Kennard as my, you know, as a bench guy who can really create offense um, instead of like Pat Connaughton? Um, you know, I know he's got defensive issues, but I think that would at least be an interesting thing that you'd, you'd want to think about. So um, anyway, yeah, I think there'll be lots of different ways the Bucks might be able to go, but you know, again, the, the value of that pick will, you know, ultimately it's, it's obviously, as you were saying, it's, it's not a group, not a huge value pick, right? Um, things have maybe turned out a little bit differently uh, towards the end of the bubble, you know, maybe that pick ends up a few picks higher, maybe that adds a little bit of value to it, but you know, we are where we are. Onto more immediate concerns before we wrap this up. Uh, I heard a whisper that, and I heard this whisper from you, mind you, and I had to, and just so, just so I can set the scene uh, for the listeners here, we jumped on the Zoom call and I didn't even get a chance to finish saying hello to you before um, there was some colorful language being used. Um, there was some frustration. Uh, there was some anger. And it was, uh, and, to, and to be quite frank, I, I, I've never heard you speak like this towards your beloved Rocky Rococo. So please, the floor is yours. What, what the hell went wrong? Well, I think I might have mentioned, you know, a week ago whenever we talked that uh, I, it came to my attention that you can order uh, Rocky's tomato sauce online. And so my wife having uh, created or, or discovered a very good pizza recipe for at home um, recently, I started to put two and two together and I said, whoa, my wife can now make good pizza dough. <laughs> Get a little bit of Rocky sauce in the mix. Now you're cooking with gas, my friend. Um, so no brainer, pick up the, the Rocky sauce. Um, but a couple, couple things that are kind of annoying about this. Rocky's uh, record uh, to, to get uh, six jars of Rocky sauce, which is a lot of sauce. Uh, 16 bucks. That's reasonable, right? Well, you add to your cart, you go to pay for it. The only shipping options are like two day, two day, twenty five dollars shipping, or one day like four forty dollars. <laughs> the obvious question being, uh, you know, who who is demanding Rockies only be available <laughs> sauce only be available with two day shipping, right? Like what? I mean, if I'm not that person, then I don't think that person exists. So okay, Rockies you're screwing me over by forcing me to pay just a stupid amount for this supposedly premium shipping. So, you know, uh, all right, Rocky, whatever, you got to earn a buck. COVID's been, been cruel to, to, to run the restaurant business. Um, so I'm like, you know, F it. Okay, fine. $40 for six jars, right? It's stupid, but whatever. I'm, I'm doing it. Wait, wait um, a second. Wait a second. So it was $16 for the six jars? $16 for the six jars and $24 for the shipping. Okay, so you know, I mean, six dollars a jar is not too big. How big are they? Uh, I don't know. I, I can only see pictures. I mean, they're like a, a, a pretty big tomato tomato sauce jar. You know? mm. I mean, um, no one. I will say, no one ever feels good about paying more for the shipping than the actual product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, I, I should have just put out the bat signal to our our locked on listeners and had somebody just like. I assume you can buy these at at the stores. I should have just had somebody go down to a store and buy buy me some and ship it to me for you know the market rate, which should have been a lot lower than twenty four bucks. <laughs> anyway, but at least I'm thinking, oh, two days. Well, I'll get this stuff quickly, right? I can oh, turn no. around and make some make some pizza. Okay, so I ordered this. Let me let me see. When did I order this pizza? I think I or this uh, this sauce. I think I ordered it 
on, uh, let's see, what was the date? It, it was uh, September 13th, my friend. September 13th, mm. I played $40.44, $24.45 shipping. Two-day two day shipping, my friend. All right. What is, what is the status of my, my order? Since September 18th, it has been in transit at the same facility via USPS. Someone has intercepted the Rocky Rococo's dipping sauce, pizza and dipping sauce. Uh, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to go call up the, the, the post office and say, you know, hey, you got my, you got my dipping sauce sitting in like, you know, Palatine, <laughs> Illinois uh, for the last uh, six days. It's, it's right now it's saying that it's late and it's going to arrive on September 22nd, which I remind you was yesterday. We're recording this on September 23rd. It's now 11.45 at night. So anyway, uh, you know, you thought the Bucks' second round collapse was a fiasco. I mean, this whole, uh, this whole pizza sauce situation is just really, really a next level type situation for me. So wish me luck, my friends. Uh, Rockies has never uh, disappointed me before, but I'm afraid uh, we're, we're in a tough spot right now. I would tweet at them, but, you know, yeah. I, they yeah. never acknowledge my existence yeah. even when I tweet you know, uh, compliments to my thousands of Twitter followers. So uh, I'm not even, I don't even know if I can, uh, I, maybe I will do that tomorrow just, just to see if they respond um, via that method, but I, they don't seem to respond to, to anybody's. So they're just, I mean, they're, they're just checked out. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I need, I need to, I need to do something here. Cause I'm, if I have a, if we get a pizza night coming up here, I mean, what am I going to do? Use some, some store-bought tomato sauce when I got Rockies with my name on it, sitting in a, warehouse somewhere i mean uh, that just wouldn't be right so no it's right. um I, I think I've, i think we've i think we've beaten this thing to death but um you know i'm sure everybody sends their thoughts and prayers i mean it, it just makes me sad i mean i've said this before that mm. uh, rockies uh, i don't think that there's a podcast out there that works harder to drum up business for a, a you know a, a lovely pizza store and they, they've just given us nothing i'm sure that they don't care about uh, your struggles with the sauce right now and uh it's 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 hurtful and i was actually listening to no dunks uh yesterday and uh my my great aussie mate uh, lee alice was having similar troubles with the post but uh he couldn't get his passport back but uh not being able to get your passport back is is a little bit of a concern but rocky rococo's uh, pizza sauce is clearly um a bigger issue than uh, not being able to get your passport back so um, no, it's a, it's a rough story. I now 100% understand where your frustration was coming from. And uh, as always, I don't think there's a better way to end a podcast than uh, talking pizza. And shout out to, we, we've had, some, uh, we've had some, some people reacting to, uh, to the Rockies talk. Uh, yeah. I mean, Eric, Eric Name actually texted me a picture of, of some Rockies that he bought mm. uh, recently. Um, Adam Kopp uh, t- tweeted a, a picture of us with a thumbs up and some Rocky slices. Uh, so shout out to Adam. Looks like he got the sausage, a uh, couple of sausage super slices. So well played to you, Adam. And uh, Brian Kurth, um, he, he wrote, this was, I think this was right after uh, one of the Bucks, I don't know, one of the Bucks horrible playoff losses. And he said, took Frank's advice from the pod, broke out my malaise, broke out of my malaise from the horrible Bucks loss and took my three-year-old son, Liam, to his first Rocky Rococo mm-hmm. experience. Had a great picture of, uh, of little Liam staring at a, a super slice again of the, uh, <laughs> uh, the sausage. So shout out to Brian and, and Liam, uh, you know, anything we can do to make people forget about their, their pain, uh, and, uh, and enjoy some, some, uh, you know, uh, 
pizza, that's, that's, that's just a win, win all around. But, um, you know, alas, my, uh, my homemade pizza with the Rocky sauce, the dream, it's a dream deferred for now. We'll, uh, we'll obviously have this be a, uh, uh, we'll have updates. Hopefully, hopefully we have some positive movement on that soon. Well, the next time we'll catch up will be after the weekend. So goodness, uh, I hope that there is a, a <laughs> fantastic, uh, happy ending story to this, uh, to this pizza fiasco and you and your family are eating some homemade pizza over the weekend. Uh, uh, like I always say, it is the off season though. So we might veer off track um, from time to time. We do try and keep it towards the end of the uh, episodes. But when I say send through your questions, uh, they can be basketball related. They can also be not basketball related. So uh, don't be shy to uh, send in any type of thoughts or theories or questions you have uh, to Frank and myself. And we'll get to those uh, over the off season. No doubt about that. Uh, thank you to Frank for jumping on uh, late as always to everyone else. Uh, we hope you do have a, a safe weekend. Uh, hopefully you can get outside and have some fun I know the weather's starting to turn in Wisconsin but uh, make the most of that as I said, stay safe and we will be back next week